You're listening to a very special Long Box Crusade episode. It's the 12 Days of Crusade Bus 2019. Vampiring. Hello and welcome to the fifth installment of the 12 Days of Crusademus brought to you by the Long Box Crusade. The 12 Days of Crusademus is, of course, our gift to the comic-loving podcast community to celebrate this holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some often overlooked comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each day of the 12 Days of Crusademus will bring you another new hidden gem of a comic book series brought to you either by one of your Jingling All The Way co-hosts or one of our podcast celebrity guests until we get all the way to December 25th, Christmas Day. I'm your host for this fifth day of Crusaders, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. And here are the right jolly old elves joining me for today's unwrapping. And let's check in with, you know what? He never gets to go first. Jason the Weasel Skull Albrick, my brother. I've spent many Christmases with this man. How's it going today, Jason? On the first day of Christmas, my brother gave to me a Sky Striker. <laughs> On the second day of Christmas, I, <laughs> I give to my brother an whooping if he doesn't give me a sky striker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that got violent fast. Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, Christmas, I think Jason's trying to tell us something. <laughs> I, I want the sky striker. <laughs> I think Jason's trying to tell us that he can beat you up, Jared. <laughs> That's fine with me. And that you're supposed to get me a sky striker. <laughs> yeah, I've got you a sky striker. Oh, right. great. Oh, That's wow. a done What? Deal. Is that what's in that big box over there behind that? Yeah, tree? man. Got your oh, name on it. Ooh. <laughs> I find out Sean Connery got a sky striker. I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> Maybe Mary Jane will let you play with her sky. her sky striker. Yes, yeah. we got it for her for her birthday. Mm-hmm. Got her that in those um uh, that bottle of penicillin. So. I think I know which one she's going to use more often. <laughs> sky striker. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of which, you know we've already got Pat on the mic. So Pat, DJ Cristados, welcome to another magical crusade, Miss my friend. Well, have a holly jolly Christmas to you and everyone out there. Merry Merry Christmas. Tis the oh. season. 
to be jolly. From Christados Kringle himself. Yes, Christados Kringle himself is here. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> you got a lot of positive vibes in the room. I'm really peppy. Jason. I got my, my elf, Peppy Pet. <laughs> Hi, I'm Peppy Pet. I'm pretty positive I'm going to get a sky strap. <laughs> <laughs> And the guy who usually gets something from Crusadeness because everybody loves him and not Jason. Let's talk to Delvin, the Dark Web, Silverhands, Pop Pop Piss, the Hot Thing, Williams. Welcome back to Crusadeness. It's good to be back. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I'm in a lot of pain. Um, oh. I misread the lyrics and I thought it was supposed to be just nuts over a rolling <laughs> fire. Oh. So I, I, I might have to get some salve and some of that penicillin. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to picture how you got just the nuts over the roasting. <laughs> I mean, it was a whole thing. It was a it here's the weirdest part. It smells delicious. <laughs> kind of salty. A little. I, use, I use essential oils. Um, we shouldn't talk about this any further. That's right. Do you have that mixed with the little pine in it? That I- <laughs> it's a secret. It's a secret. <laughs> Nobody didn't get out of the outro. Already covered testicle jokes. This <laughs> is the season. Oh. Checking that off of our showrunner right now. How <laughs> good is it? He got there. All right. Well, also joining us around the fire with his hot cocoa in hand is our special guest for this episode. You might know him from his podcast, Bat Books for Beginners, Batgirl to Oracle, The Professor Frenzy Show. It's show. Chris from BTO and Bat Books, gentlemen. <laughs> Let, Let it roll! Where's Jason? I'm trying to give him sleigh bell background. Oh, is that what you were doing? I was I was not picking up what you're putting down. Do your damn job. There we go. Three fourths of the reason we have you on the show. Let it roll. I, I'm happy that there's another. That there's at least one fourth of something that doesn't apply to that. I, I thought that ratio was actually higher. To be to be quite honest, Chris, welcome to the insanity. Welcome to Crusade Miss. I hope you're enjoying your time in the festive Longbox Studios. Yeah, yeah. The scented candles are a really nice touch. Thanks, gang. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's not scented candles. That's Delvin's nuts. <laughs> what is that, sea salt fragrance? Uh, I think we might be on to something, though, guys. Mm, my import-exporting idea. Ooh, Delvin. We might get to get together. Get away from me, Pat. Wait, I can make some money. You can make some money. Well, Chris, we, a few days ago, we had your podcasting partner, Professor Frenzy, on the show. I'm pretty sure he's responsible for the eggnog stain nice. on the chair that you're sitting on. So if you could maybe talk oh, to him gee, about that. Oh, is that what that is? Okay. <laughs> Let me, yeah, I'll bring them. <laughs> That's what we're hoping. Like <laughs> next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you look down to your left, you will see like a trap door that leads down to the basement. Okay. No matter what you hear from down there. Oh, okay. Don't open the trap door. Oh, okay. I, I, I think I'm hearing you, some. You can probably smell the coffee. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what it was, and I just, I, I, I just, somebody's crying, creamer, creamer. You know, okay, that's what that's going on. Okay, <laughs> got it. Yeah, I'll just kind of, <laughs> yeah, slightly ignored. All right, pay him no mind. Chris, All right, Chris, what do you have? And yes, you've got something wrapped in a in a little wrapping paper there under your arm. What do you got there? Well, as you heard in the singing intro, today is five vampires vampiring, which means we're unwrapping. 
Planet of the Vampires number one from Atlas Comics in 1975. Well, here's a brief history about this series. The 1970s line of Atlas Comics titles had a wide range of content, including fantasy and sword and sorcery books, which was pretty common for this time frame. Planet of the Vampires was one of its horror books. The premise deals with four astronauts returning to Earth that has since been ravaged by war and caught between humans that are now violent barbarians and vampires that control technology and inhabit a sealed-off part of New York City. Some of the creators involved with the book were Pat Broderick and Russ Heath with the artwork, and Larry Hammond and John Albano as the writers. As with all the mid-1970s Atlas comic book line, they didn't have very long runs. This title, Planet of the Vampires, only lasted three issues. But some of the reasons I love this book are, I love the 1970s, and this is just another spin on a futuristic world gone wrong, which was prevalent around this time. This book came out after the movie The Omega Man, and before Logan's run, and just after the Planet of the Apes TV series ended. And there's a lot going on here beyond the story. The vampire lackeys wear goggles and purple body outfits, and they look like they belong in an episode of Johnny Quest. There's a fair share of 70s dialogue and violence, and... And being eight years old at the time when I first read this, this book really scared me, but I loved it. This issue since also has a feel of the movie Escape from New York with a violent race of people inhabiting New York City, but it came out before the film was released. And when this book came out, I didn't know too many others that shared my name, and as one of the main characters in the book is also named Chris, I have some personal bias there. So gentlemen, I'll have to ask you, have any of you read the series? Delvin, I'll start with you. Chris, I have not read this before. This is completely new to me. So Jason? No, this was brand new to me as well. Oh, very interesting, but uh, yeah, never even heard of it. How about you, Pat? No, as well, too. I, this is my first read of this as well and uh, found it interesting. Jared, how about you? I have never read it up until now. I read a couple of other Atlas books that I found recently at a flea market. They were a sword and sorcery book. In fact, it might have been called Sword and Sorcery. I'm not sure. It was a fairly on-the-nose title, and I liked it, but nope, first time around for this vampire book. Well, great. I asked the team to read this particular issue because, well, I had a few reasons. First, it had a great cross-section of creative talent. It's really not too shabby. The cover art was done by Pat Broderick, and it was inked by, yes, Neil Adams. That Neil Adams. Pat Broderick did the interior pencils, and Frank McLaughlin did the inks. And this issue was written by fan favorite Larry Hama would later go on to write Marvel Comics' G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. A second, I hope this group of elves assembled could appreciate a series uh, sense of history looking at a comic book from the mid-1970s with all of their respective background on the Crusader Chronicles podcast. And finally, earlier this year, the IPs of Atlas comic characters were sold with the intent of making movies and a deal with Paramount Pictures. The first film, perhaps, as soon as the year 2021. And I thought this would be a good opportunity to shed some light on a title and a defunct brand that some comics fans may be unfamiliar with, but could soon be on their radar. Okay, so here's a brief summary of this issue. 35 years in the future, in the year 2010, a Mars probe with the astronauts Chris, Alyssa, Craig, Brenda, and Ben returns to Earth after a five-year mission, but having communications cut off for the last two years. Their ship crash lands off of Coney Island. They find New York City in ruins, and Ben is immediately killed by a spear to the back from savages who think they may be, quote, domies. The group is rescued by domie sentries in a floater craft, and they are taken to a dome area of the city where they meet the Proctor, the society's apparent leader. Led to quarters, the group hears a scream, and behind a door they find people hooked up to blood-sucking machinery. Now realizing the domies are actually vampires, the astronauts team with a captured man named Bruiser Colhane, warlord of the 
Bay Ridge assassins, and they make their escape out and via a subway. Their relief is short-lived as they soon are confronted by an enemy gang of humans called the Myrtle Avenue Boys, led by Bad Lenny Siegel. As the two gang leaders prepare to square off, Alyssa and Chris ponder Colhane's fate. To be continued. And that wraps up the first you issue. You ain't getting down Myrtle Avenue, So, say. what did you guys think of the issue and the concept? Delvin, let's start with you again. Yeah, very interesting concept. I could not imagine if... <laughs> You were on a space shuttle and you're already doing something pretty scary. But in doing that, you're going to Mars and then you come back and the world is just literally nothing like it is when you left it. That seems like a pretty horrifying premise for those astronauts. So it, it's interesting. It, it gripped me there. So the concept is very uh, interesting. The issue was good. I, I knew Pat Broderick's name. I knew him from Doom 2099. Nice. That's, that's the first that I remember for Pat Broderick. So I had no idea that he had been part of the comic book industry for so long. So that was cool to me uh, as well. And then the book addressed some social issues too. Like I was kind of reading and was like, are they really talking about some of the social stuff? And sure enough, they went right into it. I'm like, man, this is heavy. They threw a lot of different concepts for uh, one opening issue. Uh, so I'm surprised that it only lasted three because there was enough depth to go much, much further than that. Great. Well, Pat, what did you think? I've never heard of Atlas Comics before. So it was interesting that you picked this. So I was kind of excited. And then when I heard what the title was, I'm like, oh, okay. And then seeing the cover for this, I was like, ooh. Ooh, this is really interesting. And then what really got me is opening up and seeing who wrote it. I'm like, Larry Hama. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, no way. You know, I was like, this is really cool. And then just some of the other people that have been involved in this one. And just I started looking a little bit more to find out what else was in Atlas. You can see it through the ads that are in this book as well. It's like, oh, wow, there's a lot of really good uh, comic book creators in here for this company. So it was really exciting. Um, I found it the story interesting it, it kind of pulled me in as well i liked the fact that you didn't know who was who what group was the vampires until towards the end of it so i found that really interesting i was really hooked to this as delvin said they went they got into some other issues as well too like delvin i was like oh wow this is really going in a different way but i really enjoyed it the art was as well really nice to look at um like you had mentioned earlier on uh, a little wordy but not too bad and that's like i had to think about well this is Larry Hama, but he's early, early Hama. So, you know, he's, he's finding his footing. And you could tell how he's putting the story together. Reminds me of, you know, some issues of G.I. Joe. Just that story building that he does and how he pulls you in. Excellent. Jason, I got to ask you, what did you think of this title and the series and the concept? Well, first off, I think if I'm Pat Broderick, I'm going to be strutting all around saying, yeah, I was inked by Neil Adams. <laughs> 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 yeah. How many people can say that? That's pretty awesome. But as far as the story goes, I'm going to piggyback right on with what Pat said. I really like the characters. I like the intimacy of the small crew that comes to this earth that's gone through this massive change and they are just babes in the woods. They have no idea what's going on and we're kind of along for the ride with them. So the setup I thought was outstanding. I thought Chris is the leader. You know, he was obviously kind of the tough as nails type. Uh, his wife, Alyssa, was more the empathetic person. I think Brenda was a doctor and Craig was a really tough fighter pilot. So I thought it's a good mix uh, people and Ben wasn't around for very long, so we won't count him. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, just to tack on with what Pat said about the action too, I did get that feeling when I read through it. It's like, this is kind of like a G.I. Joe. And the layouts were just spectacular. I mean, I was really pulled into that running gunfight. I thought that was amazing. The art, as Pat said, was spot on. Obviously, it had the 70s edge to it, but that just kind of made it seem a little cooler with those kind of retro space suits that they're walking around with and some jerry curls and things like that. And then finally, we mentioned some of the inspirations that I think you brought up, like Planet of the Apes and Omega Man. And at the end there, I really kind of got the feel of the Warriors. Yes, same here, Jason. Like you had all these different (laughs) clans out there fighting for their turf. Yeah, I think I'll leave it off with there and uh, shut up and see what Jared has to say. Well, the hard part about going last is you guys hit all the all the main points, so I'm just going to be like reiteration, man. You know what? I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with my lows, and then I'll pick it up back to the positivity. Low number one, my favorite character was Ben. So yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I really like page own. three. <laughs> he made it to page three, and that was it. <laughs> um no, really the only low when I finished it and I kind of gave it a holistic thought, the only low I had was I do think, and it kind of got mentioned by others, I think Larry was a little wordy and a little ham-handed. Maybe a little hammer-handed. This <laughs> 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 is like in the middle of trying to escape this dome city. And I think it was Craig who was like making his big social stance. and was like, dude, just get out of the damn city. Write your social speech later, man. This is not the time to pontificate. <laughs> okay. I'm with you, Craig, but now is not the time. <laughs> but I get it. In fact, I went so far as to read, they did sort of an introduction to Atlas Comics article after the main comic. You know, it was prose, so you guys probably didn't read it. <laughs> but, but I did some reading, and that was, it sounded like that was almost one of the mission statements of Atlas Comics. Like, they were determined to put social messaging into their comics. So I'm like, okay, if that's kind of one of their shticks from 75, I get why it's more shoehorned in and, and less natural. But that was my only sticking point, is it just, it did feel a little shoehorned in. But that's a very minor complaint over, just like Pat, I was excited to see Larry writing it. This is early Larry, but you do see him doing the layered storytelling, just like we will see in G.I. Joe at seven years later. My only other bugaboo was like, we introduced a ton of new characters in this year. A ton. A ton. It was very hard for me to kind of keep up with. You know, I was doing okay. I think it was that last one, the seagull cat that pushed me over at the end. I'm like, okay, we've got enough villains. I don't need another villain right now. But I also get Larry was trying to build a really rich world really early. And knowing that the series only went three issues, maybe he didn't know that at the time, but maybe he did know that uh, I got a short shot at this. I got to cram in as much as I can. But again, those are all small bugaboos to to be almost ignored by the really fun concept, the Larry Hama storytelling and, and the good art, which has all been mentioned. So... I will leave it at that and just say I, I really liked it. I see some good candy canes coming on this book. Yeah, unfortunately, the, the run did not last very long. Uh, Atlas Comics was founded, uh, I believe, by Martin Goodman, who left uh, Marvel. And they just overextended themselves and they just got the plug pulled on them early, almost before they even got some traction going. So it, it was really unfortunate with a lot of the series. But some of the other books had some really respective talent on there. Uh, Howard Chaikin did a title called The Scorpion, which had some really great uh, Chaikin artwork. So yeah, some of those Atlas books are really, really good. Uh, Tiger Man was done by Ernie Cullen, who 
was Richie Rich artist around that time. And just to see a, a Richie Rich artist drawing a superhero character kind of blew, blew my mind away uh, as a kid. So can you help me out with remembering that was the book actually called Sword and Sorcery or the, I, there was definitely a book and Pat's a liar that he's never heard of Atlas because I sent him those books after I finished reading them. So he's got I them. thought it was called Sword and Sorcery, but I'm just wondering if there was like a bigger title because there was almost like one called Police Adventures, but then like featuring Lieutenant Lomax, you know, I mean, if there was like somebody bolder in print, but I am going to research that ASAP and find out. I, I do want to say that there, that, that does ring a bell. Those are the only Atlas comics I read and I really liked them. It was a fresh spin on the very Conan-esque genre. It was about two guys. It was basically like a story of like Conan and his buddy and they were very uh, amusing. There was like a buddy cop sword and sorcery story, which was which was very entertaining to read. But Pat would know because I sent it to him even though he's alive. <laughs> well, it pet off the hook because <laughs> I am rubbing... Oh. <laughs> Pat, I'm trying to save you. <laughs> I'm, I'm rubbing my palms right now because now is the time of the show where the guys are going to write their interest in the series and they're using the official Crusademus candy cane scale. So on a scale of 1 to 12 candy canes, 12 being extremely interested and 1 being no interest at all. Nah. I'm going to see how many candy canes they would rate their interest pursuing more issues of this title. Jason, I'm going to start with you first. How many candy canes are you going to give this one? Pursuing the other two issues of this title. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I read it on the electronic thing and it's like, oh, do I read issue two? And then I was like, oh, what, I'll get sucked up into this and I'll keep going. If I'd known there was only three, I would have just got to <laughs> knock them out. <laughs> so scoring with the old candy canes here. So Chris, you may or may not recall, I break this down between humor, heart, spectacle, and art. Yes. And so you can get up to three for each category. And then based on the enthusiasm and some other things, I may throw in an extra candy cane or two. So humor, I give it a one. Wasn't very funny, except I did laugh when Ben got hit with the spear. I don't know why. I thought, <laughs> I, <laughs> thought that was funny. And the pontificating while shooting down the black dynamite <laughs> moment for Craig. Yeah, the pretty, black dynamite <laughs> moment. <laughs> which was pretty funny. I know, I know this is your round, Jason, but I did laugh on page one, where the very first thing Alyssa said, and her husband was like, you better stow that crap. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a mission. I'm like, damn, dude. <laughs> That's harsh. Oh, man. And Brent is like, man, you need to chill out. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, humor, I'm giving it one candy cane. Heart, I thought there's tons of heart in this. I loved it. Three candy canes. Spectacle, I'll give it three as well. I thought the action was just terrific. Art, I'll give it a solid two. For your energy, I'll give it one more for 10. And for Larry Hama, 11. Eleven candy canes. Wow. Eleven candy canes, Jason. Oh, oh, mercy. Pat, Jason gave it 11. I'm dying to hear what you think. (laughs) Well, I got a question. With the other two remaining issues, does it complete like a story arc or is it just kind of dropped after the third? You know, in the third issue, they tease what happens in the fourth with respective panel. And here's what's coming in the next issue. And you never get to see what happens. And it's very unfortunate. No, you you really don't know... uh, what's left of the faith that's kind of left up to your imagination because they, they really don't. Some of the cast does get killed off, unfortunately, as the book goes along. It just stops. There is no complete story arc. Uh, and we, we were kind of left wondering what the fate of the uh, central cast was. Say for those who still were alive when <laughs> the dust settled. Well, that'd be a good question to ask Kama. Yeah, it would. Yeah. yeah. That'd be yeah, absolutely. To, to ask him about next. If chance. I bump into him at Dragon Con, Pat, I'm all over yeah, it for you. You do it for me. Yeah, there you go, buddy. <laughs> but with that, I use the same scale as Jason does. <laughs> <laughs> 
a set mind is art, humor, spectacle, and something else. <laughs> You're just trying to rearrange it, but you forgot. <laughs> I'm just getting nuts. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm going to rate this a 10. I really enjoyed it. I'm asking about the other two issues. So I'm definitely going to, if I find them or find a way to read them, I'm going to try to do that. I want to know how the story goes. Reminds me of like a really early take of Walking Dead or something like that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm really interested in this. And with the Hama writing it, that blew me away. And the art, I'm giving it a 10. Nice, solid score. So, Delvin, we got some uh, consistency of some high scores here. Uh, are you going to kind of keep it around that level or are you going to downgrade it a little bit? Where, are you going to be in the middle between the 12 and the 10? Or, or uh, you got me puzzled here, Delvin. I, I wonder what you're going to do. The car sales of techniques he's using on you, Delvin. Right? And, 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 and here's the thing where. I, I'm a little bit separate from the guys in that I, I don't really have G.I. Joe loyalty. And so I have no like affinity. I didn't grow up with Larry Hammer, even though I have nothing against the man at all. Just want to say that. I did like the story. I did like the elements that they put into the story uh, as well. And considering that there are only two more to read, which is kind of a tragedy, but that does kind of befall a lot of uh, non-major comic book companies. That's that's certainly not a new thing. I'm going to give it an eight. I think it's good. I would definitely be uh, likely to read it because they threw so much at you that had you told me it were a longer run, like say a two-year run, I'd be all over it. That it's only three and I won't get to know the whole story behind it. That dimmed it a little bit, even though Pat asked a very good question and I'm glad that he did. Great. Well, finally, Jared, now it's your turn. Uh, how many candy canes are you going to rate this? I'm still wrapping my head around Pat hey, asked a why, good question. While you let me wrap ahead your head around this. <laughs> Sword and sorcery, you gave me two issues, number yes. three and four by yes. DC. Who's the liar now? No, no, that's not it. That's not it. It was Atlas. You're looking in the wrong spot. You're the liar. So the answer is you're the liar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have the ice incident all over again. Pat, I'm gonna need you to uh, you're the liar. I'll tell you what, Pat, you snap a picture of those that sent to me on text and and I will accept my if they're the ones I'm thinking of. Hold on. Otherwise, you could just show them to you on camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we <have> technology. <laughs> so let me do some candy cane ratings here. Much like Jason, I do mine in four categories. I do it in Leonardo, Raphael, Michelangelo, <laughs> and Donatello. Turtle power. <laughs> and the bonus is a splinter. <laughs> no, as loyal listeners know, I kind of rate mine on if I give it a, like how excited I would be if I was going through like a quarter bin or a dollar bin. You know, I don't pay much more than maybe two bucks. So if it was a two dollar bin, we're talking about heavier 12 candy cane scale. Then you get down, you know, dollar, 50 cent quarter. And if, if, if I give it a one, that means I'm passing by it no matter what. This is a good one for me, man. I would probably pull this out of the higher end dollar to two dollar bin so i i've got to give it an 11 i'm going 11 i was Ooh. really charmed by it so wow. 11 candy canes for me and merry christmas to everyone well jared i got a <laughs> present for you well gentlemen thank you so much i, I do want to give one last little pitch for the book for me, <laughs> uh-oh here we um, go. Wolf the Barbarian. Okay. What? Wolf the Barbarian is what the Atlas ones I have. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's it. Wolf was oh, his name. Yes. 
Spelled W U L F. Yes, yes, yes. Correct. That's what it was. Thank you. And I did, I did Mystery conflate solved. it with the title yes. of the DC Comics. Yes, I mixed the the title and the characters in my head. But okay. And then they had another barbarian guy called Iron Jaw running around too. So that's the one that I just couldn't get out. I could not get out of my head. But thank you, Wolf. Yeah, I, for, I totally spaced on Wolf. So before I go and, and get out of the room with all the with all the scented candles, and I got to warm up my eggnog. I just do want to give one uh, last little recommendation for the book. Now you know among the whole Atlas line of books, I, I thought this one had a really, really more interesting premise than all the others. And without spoiling it too much, I thought this series got better as it went along, but it also lost people in the main cast as it went along, with the peril and the bleakness of our hero's situation getting grimmer with each successive issue. While the Atlas line of comics could easily be found in bargain boxes of the 1970s and the 1980s, they may be harder to find now, but its prices aren't too astronomical at the time of this recording. And as it was said, with only three issues, it's not too hard to complete a run of this series. So guys, thanks for having me on. No, man, thanks for being here and and bringing a book that everybody but Delvin really enjoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Delvin enjoyed don't pick on Delvin. <laughs> no, I think Delvin made a valid point. I think all the rest of us got very excited about Larry Hama, and he just doesn't, you know, it wasn't in his wheelhouse. So He gets a whole candy cane from me just for being Larry Hama. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's fair enough. Oh, boys. Oh, Lord. Mary Jane, what do you want? <laughs> First off, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Mary Jane. I just wonder, what smells like sea salt and cocoa butter? What, what, you know what? Like, Jared, go ahead. Just finish. <laughs> just go on. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to lead us into the outro. And while I'm doing that, if you could, Chris, if you see that really, we got that really big stack of firewood over yeah. there next to the fireplace. Yeah. And, and if you stack up enough of them, it gets really quite heavy. If you could stack that on the trap door just to your left there, that would be great. <laughs> the, the one the one where the coffee odor is coming out of? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. All right, got it. Okay, put yeah. that on there. Okay. All right, yeah. And while he's doing that, that'll wrap up today's gift giving session of the Twelve Days of Crusademus. Now, we'd love to hear from you if you're familiar with any of the comics that we cover here on the show, or if you give one of these recommendations a try. I mean, if you go out there and try uh, Planet of the Vampires, let us know, man. We want to know, and just let us know what you think about it. And if you're feeling like reaching out to us, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's at Longbox Crusade. You can email us at contact at Longbox Crusade. And I tell you what, we're going to do. We're going to compile. All the feedback from all 12 days of Crusade Miss and cover it in the next full episode of the Longbox Crusade. And if you want to hear more from our special guests, where can they find you out on those interwebs, Chris? Well, thank you for Jared. Uh, you can find Clinton in the basement, but I can be found on Twitter at BTO on Bat Books and the podcast. <laughs> the Professor Frenzy Show, Bat Books for Beginners, <laughs> and the segment Chris's Cornucopia of Curiosities on the Batgirl, the Oracle Joe. podcast. Thank you for having me on. I love me some Crusade Miss. <laughs> And if you're loving this Crusademus like Chris is loving Crusademus and you didn't get a chance to listen last year, if you scroll far enough back on our feed, you'll find all 12 episodes from Crusademus 2018. Or if you keep scrolling, you can go back to Crusademus 2017. Oh, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift is from under the tree here in the festively decorated Longbox Crusade studios. Until then, DJ Cristados, play one of my favorite Christmas jams. Wicked, 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 wicked,
All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Oh, hold on, hold on, Jared. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're going to put that in your rap, you son of a <laughs> All I'm saying is, uh, here, here's, your, here's your clink and ice. All I'm saying is, I've gone back and I've been doing audio cleanup on The World Is Not Enough, which kicked off this whole debacle. And after a thorough investigation, I am convinced that Delvin Ray Williams is the ice culprit once this again. Is, this is ridiculous. I, didn't even, I don't even think I had ice. An investigation can suck it, Jared. Uh, What's the point of living if you can't have some ice? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know that uh, you know that ice part of the rap was dope. <laughs> that was funny and it blew me away. <laughs> Clickety click. <laughs> Devin's so nice. <laughs> He's got the ice. <laughs> oh, oh, that's funny. Not amused. Not funny. <laughs> <laughs> We have company. We have to behave. I know. Yeah, it's never stopped it. <laughs> no, one. No. Probably should bring up the script. You don't need it. Only Jared does. Only Jared does. And Only and Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Let it roll. Yes. You're live. Wow. It's just. <laughs> is it magical? Is it everything you want it to be? It's magical. Yeah. And I get to sing too. Wow. I gotta. <laughs> All right, I have got my script up. I got my pants on, but my shirt is off, so I balance it properly, I feel. <laughs> I went the other way. I, I went poo. Okay. Got, got shirt on, pants off. <laughs> I, I have both pants and shirt on. I'm not a savage like you guys. You guys are savage. so fancy. You're savage. He's sitting there with his shirt on, his pants on, and his ice in his glass. I know. He's in probably wearing a tie. In, in, in front of the guidance system. He's <laughs> invincible. Uh, <laughs> it's heads. Aside from that, getting a very Christmas spirit right now. I want everybody yep. to think I, of Holly and... Sky Strikers. Sky Strikers, Christmas trees, light bulbs, warm fires, chestnuts. <laughs> and we'll start. <clears throat> No, Chris, I have not. Okay, I got something in my throat, so that's great. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Falling apart. Some... We are. This is, this are is are bad. you eating those nuts? <laughs> yeah, it Don't takes a while to recover from roasting. Okay, no, already.